Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition, two editions in three days of the Green Room Podcast. We're rolling right along here. March Madness. Like a daily radio show almost. What (laughs) the heck? Right. Uh, but hey, you know, Michigan State keeps winning. We'll keep producing these things. 69-60 winners over Marquette in the second round of the NCAA tournament tonight, uh, Sunday, March 19th. Another sweet 16 for Tom Izzo. My dogs are celebrating in the background. Uh, uh, that's I think that's 15 sweet 16s now for Mr. Izzo. Uh, Indeed. Yep. And, uh, they're going to New York and they're going to play uh, Kansas State. Right. Sure. Let me ask you this, Tony. All right. If I would have told you Sunday afternoon that Michigan State is going to shoot two for 16 from three and then Marquette's going to shoot 11 for 27, what would have been your response to that? Um, I would have probably suspected it would be a loss. Yeah, uh, probably not even a close loss. However, <laughs> discussing the bracket with people with other college coaches and all this they told me a couple things one it's the most doable bracket region in the the NCAA bracket Mm -hmm. you look at who's around and who's left that is proven to be true it is wide open Uh, and the NCAA tournament comes down to defense which we knew Michigan State could play uh, because that's just an Izzo thing. They're, you know, that's toughness and that's just grit and will. And, you know, you may not win every game, but you can at least give the effort. And defense is an effort business. Mm-hmm. And guard play. And there you go. Yep. And and that's what it all ended up being in this. And to me, in this game, uh, just toughness, I think, is the biggest thing. I mean, you yeah. know, just – didn't didn't back down when they were missing shots. Didn't stop shooting shots from the outside. And by the way, I mean ninety five percent of those shots were open looks. I mean, just sure. a rough night shooting the three, but phenomenal defense. I mean, how many turnovers? What 16, 18 for, 16 for sixteen for Marquette. Yeah. And a, a lot of them were just flat out steals. I mean, just uh, you know, just impressive defense. And and then Tyson Walker and I and I wrote this on Twitter that. Oh, yeah, he made late was so tough and, and so special that even Mark yeah. Antonio was smiling, which, as I pointed out on Twitter, I'm not sure what was harder, the shot or making Mark Antonio smile. Uh, no, I saw him two different times today, and he smiled both times. He even talked well, he's, he's retired and, and doesn't, have to take to see me. doesn't have to take crap from people like us, so uh, that's probably <laughs> why he's smiling more. But um, just an effort win. I mean, but it's a good Marquette team. Uh, there's no question uh, they deserve that seed. They're a quality team. Uh, and Michigan State just made life tough on them tonight. They did. And you're right. The physicality, the toughness, the, the grit. The the that them. was That's vintage Izzo. Oh, yeah. And it was – and look, Marquette was up to it too. I mean, they were mm-hmm. – I mean, my goodness, the way they defend. I mean, they just don't give you – no room to breathe. 
Um, so you knew it was going to be that way all night, but it was, it, 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 I mentioned the three point shooting cause it, you would look at that and think, Oh my God. But really when you look at everything else, the way Michigan state defended, especially early in that game, when they took that big lead early, they were really, really aggressive, really physical. And if you look at the overall numbers, by the time it was done, Marquette shot just 38% overall. Their best player, who really hasn't been their best player the last few games, the Big Ten, or I'm sorry, Big East player of the year, uh, was it Tyler Kolick? Yeah, anyway, uh, he was a non-factor. I mean, he was two for eight shooting, got two fouls real early. Right. He just was never really – so So their, what they call the quarterback, their point guard, never really got in the flow, whereas A.J. Hogard, I mean, he turns that ball over 10 seconds in and you're like, uh-oh. And then he proceeds to, you know, dish for a dunk, score on a running layup, hit a, a step back three pointer, and it's you know eleven to two, and you're like, okay, I guess, I guess the turnover didn't bother him too much. Um, so it was, I mean, it was, and, and I wrote about this say too. It wasn't just Tyson Walker was great late. He's been that many times. Seventeen of his twenty three came in the second half, but he scored nine, I think, in the last two minutes. Um, you know, Joey made that big three late finally when huge, they, they got one. Three. Ten rebounds again, and they're chanting his name. And this was a bit – he didn't try and make the Marquette thing a big deal, but it it meant something at the end. You could tell he was even really emotional. I thought, I thought he took Tom Izzo's place, you know, being the guy crying. Um, but but Hogard with the 13. Um, dude's like Malik Hall. I mean, he's still not scoring a lot, but look at the way he's moving the last two games. He's looking more like himself. He got that offensive rebound with like a minute 30 left. Might have sealed the game. And then the way the two three bigs, also three Mati Sissoko and Carson Cooper, mm-hmm. I think that they played as well together as, as they have in a while. And that's that's what you need out of the center position. You don't need 30 points and 15 rebounds. You need what those two did tonight. Mati had eight points, 10 rebounds. Cooper was really active. He was he played, you know, he defended pretty well. If you get that from those two guys on most nights. I mean that the way the guards are playing, this felt like a full, complete team win. There really wasn't anybody who didn't contribute who played. I mean, even Jade Nakins. I mean, man, he had some good looks and a couple of them popped in and out, mm-hmm. but he's still defending like crazy. I mean, they got something from everybody, and then of course Tyson's just man. We've seen that a few times this year. That layup you mentioned it. That layup he made. That was that was oh my God because they were struggling. They were struggling to get inside and, yeah. and struggling to to even try to get inside. And uh, and so that led to a lot of three-point looks. And again, a lot of them were really good looks. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at two at 16 and say, oh, they just must have not got – no, they had a lot of good looks. Yeah. But they yeah. really – you know, because that's what Marquette seemed to give them um, and wasn't really giving them much inside. But Tyson kind of forced the issue and made just uh, some huge plays there down the stretch. And, uh, and just – you know, it just looked like, uh, you know, in this era of, you know, the portal, we talk about this last time and we talk about, you know, how, yeah, it's good if you can get in the portal and get a lot of talent, but it's about how that talent meshes and how the people mesh. And what you saw today, I thought, was a team that just meshes. I mean, it, yeah. just, it just looks yeah. cohesive. like Connected. Yeah. yeah. They were, outside they of that Ohio State. Teams. Yeah. Outside of Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament, if you go back to even that game at Michigan, I know they lost the game, but the way they played offensively, that was when you really start – you started to see it all come together then. You know, and they had that loss and, of course, the Iowa loss. But overall, still, the that that connectivity between this these players has really 
really come together these last few weeks. And you're right, you saw it again today. Um, you know, where, where it takes them, who knows? But I'll tell you what, the whole cliche of playing your best basketball in March, um, it is absolutely true with this team right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now they are playing as well as they have all year. Um, getting, you know, keeping that rolling through another few games is the key, but I, I don't know what else you could ask for from this team right now. Make a few more shots, yeah, I guess. Um, make a few more open threes. Maybe maybe you pull away before they did, but man, the grit, the toughness, especially when Marquette took the lead early in the second half there, would have been real easy to kind of fold at that point. And right, yeah, or you know, saw up by what fourteen early, and and yeah. they come back and they, you know, they get right back in the game. And um, but honestly, I've watched a lot of Michigan State basketball this year. Um, uh, not enough to know where this Cooper kid came from, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but that's another story. Maybe we'll talk about him on the next podcast, previewing the next game. But um, I just got the sense that this wasn't that it was it was going to be okay when they got behind early in that second half. And I can't say that's been the case all year with this team. But you could see them not panicking. They're all, they had a game plan offensively, which was clear. If you can get in transition, go make the bucket. If you don't, take your time and we'll limit, you know, and we'll we'll take our time and we'll force the issue defensively on Marquette. And and it worked. Uh, it was just a it was just a really good effort and a really solid game. Um and and you get the sense that Izzo is absolutely loving this. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, because there's been a narrative and look. Uh, you know, we know the story, you know, this was a, it was a coach that once upon a time, no four-year player ever went to Izzo and didn't, didn't make a Final Four, whatever. But there's this narrative that they've just been dog crap for the last decade or what. Or, and it's just it's not, it's just not true. Um, and I think you get the sense that he feels – I know he's not on Twitter, but you know he has people tell him where the bad tweets are. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, he gets reports on what people are saying on the radio and, you know, the, you know, he gets people telling him what people are saying about him. And there's been this narrative that, you know, maybe, you know, with all this old guard moving on that he might be next or he should be next because, you know, they haven't, you know, done anything, even though they made a final four in 2019, even though they were a, one of the top three, four favorites going into the tournament in 2020, if there was a tournament in 2020, yeah, you know, the last two years they they didn't get out of the first weekend. Oh, okay, it's two years. Everyone yeah. acts it's it's two decades, and uh, yeah. you get the sense, and you could see him fired up. You you got the fist pump. Izzo was back tonight. I saw at least two of them. Uh, you know, he had tears in his eyes when he was talking to the post game interview. Um, you just he was get, crying Friday for crying out loud. Yeah, but you get the sense too. He also has taken on. And this will be talked about the further they go, and it's going to become a big story nationally. But he took on the weight of a university um, in a very public way, you know, during the tragedy, the shooting. Um, he stepped up in a way I've never seen. And Izzo's always been front and center and always willing to speak up for the university and whatever, but never seen anything like that from him. I mean, as much as he's the face of the university, he took this on. And you could just sense, you get the sense that this means just a little bit more to him, just for all those reasons. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're wrong at all. And some of it is it's like a fan base. You can understand getting a little spoiled, um, whether you whether you feel like you are or not. I mean, when you go to 25 straight and see, I mean, there were some people I saw on Facebook, you know, Twitter late in the year. Well, maybe, maybe it'd be good if they don't make a tournament, right. you know, like as a reset. And it's like, 
Garbage. What Garbage. What world are you talking about? He's now been to more NCAA tournaments in a row than Mike Krzyzewski. Mm-hmm. Like, think about these things. The second that stuff ends, you're going to miss it mm-hmm. because this doesn't happen all the time. Um, and I, I just sometimes I don't think people appreciate that. And, and look, I, you know, I get it. You're all fired up and you're used to winning. And when you're not, it kind of stinks. But, I mean, how many teams out there, even in their category – Look at Duke, Kentucky, teams like that. They've missed – I mean, North Carolina missed the NCAA tournament this year. Mm-hmm. Michigan State doesn't do that. And that's special whether people – some people don't – I don't know why they don't want to accept that or not. Well, the, the compar- why they um, – the Michigan State fan base would push back on that and say, well, look, they've won the titles, you know. And Michigan State – No, I know. Michigan State's still looking for that second title. And look, it was a long time ago. I was a freshman or a first year student at Michigan State when they won their national championship. And I remember. Yeah, but your hair was your hair was still gray though, probably. Uh, it was kind of gray, but I bleached it blonde, as, as people <laughs> do in nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. They bleach their hair, um, try to look like whoever's on Dawson's Creek. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I remember going to Michigan State, and I wasn't a big basketball follower when I got there. And I, you know, they win the title, and I'm like, oh, this must happen every year. And then they go to yeah. the final four the next year, and then you know they went to one a couple of years after. The, um, so they would push back there, but the reality is, and you mentioned it, 25 NCAA tournaments in a row for him, which has never been done by a coach. Um, you, this is his 15th sweet 16, which is tied for first among active coaches with Calipari. Uh, this was also, I, I saw a stat that was fascinating that this was his 16th win in the NCAA tournament as a lower seed against a higher seed which is an all-time record passing Jim Beheim mm-hmm. at 15. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it, yeah, Michigan State fans are a bit spoiled. Um, and, you know, they've gotten all the Final Fours and they haven't been able to pick off that second title, which, yeah. which is, yeah. which they should have by now, okay? They, sure. They've been to sure. enough and they were talented enough against some of the teams they played to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019 would be one. I think they yep. maybe had an opportunity to get away. But now... The opportunity here is fantastic. Um, I think they have a real excellent chance to, and and again, uh, you know, we talk about this region and we talk about it before the tournament, but they've got a chance to do something special in New York City. They do. When you look at the way this, I mean, just look at the way this brackets. I mean, the whole tournament's going. By the way, in case anyone, by the time the listeners haven't doesn't know, Michigan State. <laughs> continue the anti-Big Ten rants out there. Michigan State is the only Big Ten team to make it out of the first weekend as Indiana loses to Miami tonight. They add that to the Purdue debacle and everything else. So, uh, But when you – I mean, you start looking at this bracket, Kansas State, another really good team. Right. But we talk about the guards and the matchups. This is another matchup where you look at and say, well, Michigan there's, – there's nothing that would overwhelm Michigan State. Like there's no – there's no Zach Eady or Trace Jeff. And Davis are some big that they can't guard. There's no, there's nothing that they don't won't have an answer for, you know. And then you look past that, and you know who's coming out of the top of that. I mean, Tennessee, a team that was getting everyone in the world is probably picking to lose in the first round, is now going to be playing, you know, what Florida Atlantic. Right. I mean, that's the top of your bracket. And Tennessee's a team that they scrimmaged earlier, you know, the secret scrimmage, whatever, and they lost, but it was all reports are was pretty close. Um, it's just. They're not going to be favored against Kansas State, but what does that mean? Who cares at this point? Mean anything. Mean anything. I mean, there's you look at this thing, and it, it is the classic. Why not? I mean, there's no there's no reason to think they can't win two more games 
and be in Houston. You know, from there, who knows? I mean, there's still some very good teams out there that are probably more talented than. But not, there's, 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 there wasn't ever in this tournament. No, uh, look, I think, team, yeah, team. teams like the Alabama and Houston. Like, the only team that scared me in this whole NCAA tournament for Michigan State, obviously, was Purdue, because we've seen it. And it's yeah. been ugly. <laughs> and because or if they happened to if they would have gotten to the final four and played a team like Arizona that has the two bigs. Right. But of course Arizona lost the first round, so it doesn't matter. Um so you know, Houston's a very good team. Alabama's very good that they played earlier in the year, but they played them close without Malik Hall or Jay Nakins. So you know, you're right. There's no team that I don't think they could they could win a game against. Um, but more importantly, in the immediate, when we go to New York for the other three teams there, I not only do I think they can beat anyone, I think they got a pretty good chance to beat them. So I do too. I think that Tennessee would be Tennessee, Michigan State would be a good matchup. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee's um, a lot. Tennessee impressed like so. <laughs> me yesterday. Uh, yeah. and, and they're, they're pretty good. I mean, I know they struggled down the stretch, um, but what team didn't struggle down the stretch other than yeah. Marquette, you know, who won 10 in a row before today. Um, yeah, no, that was, it was, it was fun to watch. Looked like a good crowd down in Columbus and they'll have a big, Michigan State contingent in New York. I mean, that's a you know big Michigan State hub as well. I would imagine they're going to have uh, some more green and white in the stands. We don't know the date yet or the time uh, that hasn't come out yet. We don't have the times. So I wish it would have come up while we were. Maybe we should have planned that better and started this podcast at midnight instead of ten thirty, but or ten whatever. Well, you know. But that's right. all right. Um, any notables from post game? Uh, any anything else that stood out from this game? Um, yeah, there was – I mean, you know, we talked about the big things. Obviously, now Tyson's going – you know, from the guy from Long Island is going to go back and play in New York, and it, there's some joke about now he's got to buy Izzo a slice of pizza or something. That's what Izzo said on the broadcast after. He said he wants Tyson – he needs a cab ride and a piece of pizza, and Tyson has to pay for it with his NIL money. Ah, yeah, so there you go. There's the there's the new storyline. Um, you know, Michigan State was in New York a few, few weeks back. Um, but, I, you know, it's – you got you had a you had a locker room of pretty happy guys. I mean, they were all happy for Joey too. It was interesting to see Joey Hauser is a. I was kind of surprised to see it. He was really emotional after, and I, and it wasn't really so much about the Marquette thing. He even said it to me. He's like, it's just that realization for him that everything he's kind of gone through and how the the journey to get to this point, and he's leaning over tying his shoes and the arena's chanting his name, mm-hmm. you know, and it's. It was pretty cool for him, and he got really emotional about that. So that's neat. Really... That, that's neat because in the, yeah. this day and age, there, there's, there's no focus on the journey anymore. It used to be the best part about college basketball is the journey that you know the the journeys, and it's not about the journey anymore. It's just about who can you know, who can put together this great roster right now, and right, you know, and you know, and for Joey, and I, I, I would imagine he'd be emotional and. Look, I mean, he took the – and he's a college student, so I guarantee that he's a little bit more tuned in to Twitter and to social media and all that stuff. But here's a guy who, who took some – took the wrath of a lot of fans mm-hmm. for a long time. Yep. Um, and uh, I mean, it's hard – I mean, you, you don't root in this business, but you feel good when someone can kind of endure that and get through that and then rise to the occasion. I mean, the three he made was huge. Yeah, uh, and and he's done that multiple times this year. He's just turned into a real Izzo type player. He's just he's he's tough. He doesn't back down, and uh, you have to feel good for a player like that who goes through what he went through. 
You know, I mean, I don't think there's been a more criticized Michigan State player, you know, that's been there that long who's been consistently criticized like him in a long time. And so I was comparing him a little to to Kenny Goins, but that some of that was unfair early because he was being forced to play center when he was like six foot four. Um, he's not six four, but you know, he was playing out of position that couple of years before, so he got a lot of grief. Um, but obviously, then becomes a hero is his last year, um, certainly with the Duke shot. But yeah, Joey's been a dude that because there was so much so much expectation for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he felt that from the second he took the you know, he stepped foot on the court. And of course, it didn't help that it was the COVID year. And he's admitted that was really hard on him, maybe harder than some. He just didn't handle the isolation well and just being away from people. It was hard for him. So he struggled on the court. And yeah, he starts hearing the grief and it it was tough for him. But oh, man, this whole year he's been like this. It's been it's been pretty cool to watch because he's been a lot of fun to be around to interview for us. Um, and you just see, I mean, it's like, he's got the weight of the world off his shoulders and he's just playing now. And it's, um, yeah, hitting that last man, hitting that three was big. Of course they went and gave up a three right after, but still it was so loud in there. I'm like, did I hear a whistle? Oh, well, no, I guess I didn't hear a whistle. They're still well, going. And even the broadcast was shocked. Even they paused thinking it was a goaltending call and they're like, Oh, it's a block. Uh, yeah, I thought that, I thought that was a good call. They, they missed it. They missed a couple early, uh, but I thought overall they called the game pretty well, but they missed, I thought that a big you know, a little bit of a turning point in that first half was when <laughs> they called the out of bounds ball on Michigan State, and it was it was off Marquette, and they didn't reverse that, and then Marquette comes and makes a three right away, and um, then in the second half, you know, they call one off Marquette and they reverse it, you know, and they didn't do that in the first half. I was like, okay, that doesn't. Yeah, there were a few as as usual. There's always a few yeah. calls. You're like, we yeah. were and we were where I was sitting was right in front of the MSU parents and um, oh that yeah I'm sure you heard nearful uh, let me just say they were uh, they were not big fans of the rest for many points in the game but uh, was it Barry Sanders in that section I didn't see Barry I saw Gibby again was hanging yeah, out with Barry was uh, two seats over for Antonio me. but I didn't I didn't notice Barry to be honest with you yeah, I didn't was, get a chance to look one, very much he was one row behind Gibby and one was seat, he one seat over from D'Antonio yeah he was wearing when I, he was wearing when I green, walked right? out there when I walked out there I. Mark and I shook hands and yeah. talked for a second, whatever, and I didn't even <laughs> even notice yeah. Barry Sanders. Uh, it was weird to see him all in green and white. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he was there too. Uh, yeah, be interesting if this uh, traveling crew of Gibby and D'Antonio and Barry uh, hit New York. So that'll have to be a to be an off day feature story. We'll see. I don't remember Gibby doing this this early in the time. I've seen Gibby at yeah this early. I don't know. I've seen Gibby at like regionals. Yeah, before in the past, um, yeah. certainly like in Phoenix when he was coaching. Uh, yeah, when he was coaching the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks, uh, he was out there. But yeah, not this is a little bit new for him, I think. Yeah, he looks yeah. good. He does. He looks really good with the mustache back. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. D'Antonio looks ten years younger. So, oh man, he's got no stress. He's loving life. Kidding <laughs> me? Yeah, no kidding. All right, 69-60, Michigan State, a winner over Marquette. Yeah, they're off to the Sweet 16, um, trying to make their first Final Four since way back in 2019. <laughs> oh, the dark ages. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been, a, it's been a rough. How have fans endured this dry spell? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, look, Michigan State's not expected to lose early in a tournament, you know, but so I get it, you know, in a couple of years. But the 2020 thing really screwed things up. 
It did. If that yeah. plays out different, people aren't as worked up, I don't think. I mean, but. realistically, you know, maybe a 30, maybe as good of a 33% chance of them winning a national championship in 20. Yeah. They were going to be one of the favorites for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, so that yeah. really, that really kind of diminishes, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, if he, if he makes a final four this year, it will be two out of the last four. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, but I tell you what, this game has passed him by, Tony. I know, I know. And it's like, and, you know, I just, the fact that he just, you know, thumbs his nose at the portal and, you know, and just wants to do his things his way and continue to build a program, which has been a lost art. And yeah. uh, and he's still trying to do that. And, again, you you see that um, cohesiveness. You see that there's there's fruits, you know, to that labor being sh- being on display. Look. Kansas State's no easy matchup. If they get by them, Tennessee maybe, or, you know, that's not an easy matchup, but certainly a doable path to get to the Final Four uh, for the second time in in four tournaments. So 69-60, Michigan State over Marquette, despite shooting two of 16 on threes. But uh, they uh, they rebounded well. They defended tremendously. Do you think, real quick, do you think that was their worst three-point shooting effort of the year? I'm not sure if it was. I do know this. This is a little nugget that they've uh, only won two games where they've made fewer than six three pointers this season. Well, they were are both in the NCAA tournament, and that's, that's right. And right. Shows, that again shows you that you know. And this is what you know. I've Real quick, they were they were zero for seven at Illinois. Okay. Anyway, okay. but talking to coaches and and again, you know, you you can't control if you are going to have a good shooting night. Right. I mean, there's just there's going to be good shooting nights. There's going to be bad shooting nights and you can shoot the ball really well and the ball doesn't bounce your way. What you can control is effort. And they did that tonight. They did that against USC on the defensive end and uh, in the tournament defense and guard play. And uh, Mm -hmm. here we are. And that's why they're going to New York. Look at that. Just before we sign off. Here we go. You got got the times. All right. Game times. Yes. Uh-oh. For the early game, 6.30 p.m. on Thursday, folks. 6.30 Thursday on on TBS. TBS, Turner Broadcasting, whatever it's called now. Yep. So that one will be uh, 6.30 on Thursday. So, and then uh, obviously the other game's on Friday. And then if they win Thursday, they'll play on Saturday for a chance to cut down the nets and head to the final four. Another, uh. Another fun run, and and again, you just get the sense this one just just you know looking at Izzo and hearing him and listening to him, it just you get those sense that this this one might just mean a little little bit more. So anyway, sixty nine sixty Michigan State over Marquette. Next up, Kansas State six thirty on Thursday in New York. Charbonneau will be there, but you can check out all his coverage at DetroitNews.com. He's got stories up there. He's got all sorts of stuff. You can also check out Wojo and Neo. They're they're on the path too, following these guys. And uh, we'll be back for another episode of the Green Room Podcast uh, previewing. I guess we'll preview Kansas State. We'll get that going on Wednesday or, or whatnot, so we'll be back then. But, again, 69-60 Michigan State over Marquette. That'll do it for now. Charbonneau's got to hit the road or hit the hay and then hit the road. And hit the road, yep. Uh, very good. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.